How's that? He doesn't know what's going on back there. So, you know, these interns. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. We appreciate our interns this summer. They're doing a fantastic job uh, doing a lot of good work. So, um, how's everybody doing today? Y'all doing okay? Yeah. It's uh, great to be here with all of you, and I want to piggyback on the VBS announcement real quick, let you know, I was talking with Jessica before, uh, some of you were prepared to help with VBS setup. We've seen things are already going on, but uh, there's still some more to do, so immediately after the service, people were prepared, uh, but several said they you know, wanted to go change, and do some other things, so she's going to start that VBS setup at 2 o'clock. Uh, today after church, two o'clock. So that gives you time to go home and maybe put some different clothes on and maybe grab a bite to eat or whatever, and then come on back up and help us finish the setup for Vacation Bible School. And then tomorrow for all the volunteers who are helping the leaders, uh, it's going to be, there's going to be a time of training from nine to 12. So we have um, at last count, I think it was 250 or thereabouts kids registered. So um, we, we still need all the help that we can get. And, uh, you know, I don't know what it is about um, summer birthdays. You guys, anybody in here have a summer birthday? Summertime? Some of you do. I do, um, in fact. So my um, youngest daughter, Maddie, had her 13th birthday just the other day on June 23rd. And uh, we're happy that, you know, we're past that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she's, she's happy to be 13. But, the, you know, now we can focus on mine. Uh, which is coming up on, on July 12th. I'm not, you know, July 12th, just in case you were wondering. Uh, I did tell Tessa today's her birthday uh, and she came to church today. So congratulations or thank you, Tessa, for being so dedicated to be here on your birthday. But uh, I love summer birthdays. It's fun. I will say that um, for the 13th birthday party, uh, I, I don't know if it's a different time or if I'm just a different guy because for me, we just wanted to hang out with some friends, you know, have birthday cake. We would actually, because it's in the summer, July 12th, uh, we would, <laughs> enough times and you guys will remember. Um, July 12th, uh, we would always have a watermelon and uh, it was a great time. It was also around the 4th, so we had fireworks and um, that was it. Now, for the girls, they want to go somewhere where there's a, a venue. That's, you know, that's a word now for 13-year-old birthday parties. It's a venue that we go to, take pictures. And uh, the, anyway, but they had a good time. I'm happy that she's crossed that 13 threshold. Uh, she's already started to talk about her 16th birthday. I told her, give me some time, girl. Give me some time. Um, because it happens all of a sudden. Have you noticed that? So quickly. Uh, all right, well, on to today. Uh, excited about today, this week. That I did want to mention, I almost forgot. I looked at Kay and it reminded me about the War Mission broadcast video you just saw. Um, you know, we are such a great mission church. Our church, not just our local church, but we're part of a, a network of churches around the world that we just have the opportunity uh, to do mission. And if you've been here for any length of time, you know that we love missions, uh, missions around the world. We participate in those. War Mission broadcast is actually one of my favorite things that we do. I mean, I'm, we send missionaries, we do work and witness trips, we, like we do those things, but World Mission Broadcast is kind of sneaky because we'll put, uh, they have radio transmitters in, uh, not just in these places, but specifically I like that we are able to broadcast the good news of Jesus into countries that won't allow us to come in. And there are many, many testimonies, and that's what the video you saw, World Mission Broadcast, testimonies of people who were tuning on the radio station and heard 
the message of Jesus being broadcast illegally into another country and they were able to get saved by that. And isn't that amazing? Like we, we just use whatever kind of technology we have and, and I love that. So that's what that was about. And, and if you would like to, you know, be a part of that, then, you know, you can make your offering uh, for that. But hey, we are talking about spiritual formation. You guys remember that. We started last week, kind of introduction to what spiritual formation is. Uh, we're going to spend the next several weeks digging into the different parts of what spiritual formation is. But I came across a story that was written by John Ortberg. Anybody know John Ortberg? He's a pastor and an author. And he, he wrote this story. So rather than try to retell his story, I'm just going to read it. Uh, he tells the story and, and he asked the question in there. What would it be like to be doing what we do every night? sitting on the couch, eating Twinkies and potato chips, when suddenly the phone rings. You answer it, and to your surprise, it is the U.S. Olympic Committee. You have been chosen to compete in the marathon for the U.S. Olympic team. <laughs> yes, you, Twinkie eating, potato chip munching, TV watching you, going to the Olympics. You are so excited. You're going to the Olympics. Millions of people will be watching. You can't wait to tell your friends. But wait. You just can't show up to the Olympics and run a marathon. You've never run a marathon before. You don't know the first thing about it. How goofy. What were you thinking? First thing the next morning, you head off to the library and check out a stack of books on marathon running. You read about famous runners, marathon or otherwise. Um, you memorize the life story of Steve uh, Prefontaine, if you guys know anything about him. You change your name to Steve Prefontaine or even Stephanie, maybe. You buy every t-shirt you can find with one of his quotes on it. Then you have a bunch more custom made. You change your email signature to an inspirational quote. And of course, since you're a TV kind of person, you rent Chariots of Fire and you watch it a hundred times. You subscribe to Runner's World. You start hanging out with Cindy Perkins, following her to the store and buying the shoes that she wears. You start saying stuff like, be the change you want to see in the world. And man imposes his own limitations, so don't set any. You memorize Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're pumping yourself up. Never has there been a U.S. Olympic runner more pumped and enthusiastic than you. Never has anyone been so determined to win. You're working as hard as you possibly can to make this dream a reality. You've left no stone unturned, with one small exception. As you stand there on the day of the race with the other runners, you notice that their bodies look like cucumbers, firm and lean, and yours looks like, well, kind of like a Twinkie, <laughs> soft and squishy. For a second, you wonder if maybe instead of doing all that reading, you should have gone out and tried to run a little bit. But you put it out of your mind. You say, sure, I've, I haven't actually done any running, but I want it more. I have the drive. I'm in it to win it. I'm ready to be the change and not set any limitations. I can do all things through Christ. And the more you repeat this, the more excited you get. Suddenly the gun goes off. It's race time. You and all the other runners take off. I'll let you take it from there because I think you know how this ends. <laughs> What's wrong with this story? What's wrong with, uh, what is wrong is thinking that you can learn a lot about marathon running, that you could just show up and run a marathon by only trying really hard. We talked about that a little bit last week. When that gun goes off, all the education, all the information, all the inspiration in the world is not going to amount to anything beyond about 50 yards. It just isn't going to help you. Um, 
if you've not done the dedication of putting the work in of the training that's required to run this kind of race, it's just not going to help. You might have followed Cindy to the store, but you did not follow her to the gym. And it's going to show. So I think the error is in what I said last week was choosing trying over training. Trying won't get you very many things that matter. Steady training though. Steady training is going to get you where you need to go. So today we're going to Tie that into 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And if you want to follow along in the notes for today's message there in the, uh, our, the church's app, also in the Bible at 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 24 to 27. And this is what it says, Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to the others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is... What we started talking about last week, and that is spiritual formation is a process. And that's going to be our focus today. Spiritual formation is a process. And just to help recap, remember the definition of spiritual formation is the process of being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. It's a process of being conformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And we're going to explore what it means to be like Jesus. And when we get to the image of Christ, you'll hear the word imago Dei. It's another phrase. It's a Latin phrase meaning the image of Christ, the imago Dei. Um, and last week we talked just a little bit that experience is the basis of relationship. We all know people because we've experienced them. You've experienced your boss. You've experienced your teachers in school. You've experienced your friends. You've experienced your, your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. The, the more experience you accumulate with that person, the more you're going to know them. And that's tied us into the, what God has told us for this year, and that is to re-engage, to re-engage, to go deeper. Most of us live our Christian life by trying rather than training. And I think we have to be careful with that. We, just like the marathon runner that we read about, we read Christian books and magazines, we buy Christian shirts, we listen to Christian music, we listen to sermons, and maybe even we read the Bible from time to time. But has the Bible become a source of information? Or are we engaging with what the Bible says? Is it just something that we read on or are we engaging with it? Because as we learn spiritual formation, as we engage with the Holy Spirit, we will become people who actually love our enemies, who actually pray for those who persecute us, who actually live unoffended, who live free from worry, who release bitterness that we might be holding in our lives. All the information we gather is only good if we're engaging with it. And I think it's, it's good. I, I need to say this as a side note. It's, it has to do with this. One of the things that I see Christians making the mistake of doing 
as the world is going crazy around us as the tragic shooting in Uvalde and with these Supreme Court rulings and things, I, I see it almost feel like Christians have dug their heels in and are creating divisiveness rather than trying to love the people that we know that this affects. Now, listen, I, I am not uh, in any way going to bring politics into what I talk about, but I do believe that as, as Christians, we have to be a group of people who are loving our enemies and who are praying for those who persecute us. We have to be people who are living unoffended, people who are filled with the Holy Spirit in every reaction and interaction that we have. So I would just urge you to be careful with how we treat people who don't maybe feel the way that we feel or say things differently than the way that we say them because every interaction that we have is an opportunity for us to reach them for Jesus. And I think our job is to bring them into the circle that, that we call the kingdom of God, that Jesus called the kingdom of God and allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to make change. So when I say be the change that you want to see, I'm talking about allow the Holy Spirit to change us so that we impact other people. And that's what this process is. That's who he's molding us into be. The quest for wholeness begins with a Christian community. It is us together. Too often we have been merely an echo of the culture rather than establishing the culture that Jesus called us to establish. I think that um, when this happens, we're confusing those who are wandering that I was just talking about, those who are on the quest for wholeness. That's what people are looking for. They, they want that wholeness that they see in us and they're looking and they're wandering and they're on a quest for it. Spirituality has, I believe, has become seen as a possession. I think it's become seen as a possession. When this happens, the, the way for spiritual wholeness, we take it to be as an acquisition of information. It's a, it's a way that we can grab a hold of that information. Spirituality has become a technique that enables us to gain the possession of a desired outcome. But that's not at all the way that spirituality or spiritual formation is presented to us because this puts us in control of the relationship with God. It puts us as the ones who are making that decision. We decide to go to God. We decide to ask him for this thing. We decide it's an acquisition. But you see, spirituality is a journey. Spirituality is not something that we wrest from the hands of God. Rest, like take from. We don't see that spirituality and then we go, I'm gonna have some of that. That's not it. Spirituality is, as Mahalan, uh, author Robert Mahalan, he said this, when spirituality is viewed as a journey, the way of spiritual wholeness is seen to lie in an increasingly faithful response to the one whose purpose shapes our path. Spiritual wholeness is seen in an increasingly faithful response to the one who is God, whose purpose shapes our path. In other words, the process of spiritual formation happens over time as we increasingly are faithful to God. Does that make a sense? I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep here. So some of you are looking at me like, I'm not sure what he's saying. 
as we draw closer to God, the Spirit begins to shape us into who He wants us to be. And it happens a little over time. In this way, we are liberated from the bondage of our previous journey, right? We understand that when we're walking apart from God, we're living in bondage to sin. When we're walking in that path and we, be, and we get saved, what we would say is saved, and, and the Holy Spirit comes and, and we ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins and we step into this kingdom. When we get saved... We're liberated from that bondage of the previous journey and filled with the transforming presence of the Holy Spirit and set on a new journey. All right, so here's the reality of process. All of life is spiritual formation. Understand that cooperation with God moves us towards wholeness in Christ. What Jesus wants for us is, is wholeness because we understand that when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, that relationship with God was broken and we became a broken people. And so the process of spiritual formation is in our church, we would also say we are in the process of being sanctified. We're drawing closer to the Holy Spirit. Every day is another step closer to him as we allow him to make that change in us. And we are one step closer to wholeness. Rebellion against God moves us toward a destructive and dehumanizing emptiness. That's rebellion against God. Cooperation with God moves us into a wholeness, right? There's two paths to go. And when we are moving into this destructive and dehumanizing emptiness, it creates a dysfunction in our lives. It's, it's self-destructive. It's, it's what causes us to treat other people and events and things with contempt and as things to be manipulated to be used for our own end. Like it sets us on this path. And tell me I'm wrong. Whenever you meet somebody, do you not begin to size them up? Oh, what is it that you do? What are your gifts and talents? How can they benefit me? Because we size people up that way. We, we, we just unintentionally, the sin nature, we want to use people, use things, use events, and we translate that into we want to use God. We want to use Him for our own benefit. How can I use God to have my prayer answered? How can I use God to see uh, something magnificent happen or a miracle happen? The problem is the instant gratification culture that we live in. We, we've talked about it before, but everything can happen for us instantly. You want to watch a movie? Just turn on Netflix. Who remembers when Netflix was a DVD return service? Y'all remember that? That's how they started out. You read it, I thought that was the best thing. I didn't even have to go to Blockbuster anymore. <laughs> Need a hamburger? Waterburger's just, on, in fact, they're about to put one right across the road here. Did you know that? It's a Waterburger coming in right here. You want some oatmeal? Man, my dad used to tell me when he wanted oatmeal, uphill, both ways, to the store, boil it for two hours, whatever, you know. You just put it in the microwave for 90 seconds. Now you got yourself some oatmeal. It's just the, like we can have so many things in our lives instantly. It's what's killing everybody about buying cars today because you just can't have a car instantly right now. <laughs> I mean, unless you're lucky, right? Because of all the supply chain issues. Like there's just... But here's the thing, the Christian journey is a day 
by day process. Day by day. And if you talk to a lot of Christians, and I know you guys have probably experienced some of this, they will tell you that God zaps them to instantly change their lives. And, and what happens is it creates a, a struggle that we're waiting on God to zap us out of our brokenness. We're waiting on God to zap us into wholeness. When really, it's a day-by-day -day transformation. I don't misunderstand. There are moments of instantaneous change that do happen. I've seen it. But that is not, in large part, what happens. It's a day-by-day -day change. It's a little bit more every day. I use my relationship with my wife, Sarisa, very often because when we started out 20 years ago, we didn't know each other or love each other the way we do today. But every day, day by day, month by month, year by year, our love becomes more. It's because it's a process and it happens more and more over time. And I think that that's one of the reasons we see uh, broken relationships so much because people want an zap instantaneous. And when you have a problem, well, we should just zap right out of it. But that's not the way it works. Spiritual growth can be related to physical growth. We don't, even though it seems this way, we don't put an infant in a crib and then the next day wake up and go look at them there, a teenager. I mean, I can tell you from experience that it feels that way. <laughs> like yesterday, we're, you know, feeding and burping and all this stuff. And then today, they don't even want to hang out with us. But... You understand what I'm saying. You don't put an infant into the crib and the next day they're a teenager. You don't get saved one day and then the next day you are a giant of the faith. It's a process. It happens bit by bit. We might have spurts of growth and that's an exception. And one, that's one of the reasons we, that one of the things I love about a baby Christian because when they first get saved, there's so much excitement and exuberance and joy and they're growing by leaps and bounds and it happens so quick and everything's new and everything's fresh and it's the spurt of growth. And then they get to a place where it feels like things have stopped. What happened here? What's going on? We have to be careful not to mistake a spurt in growth to be all that there is. Because there is way more than that. When we do that, we might languish, waiting on that next spurt of growth. There's something that, and some of you may have heard the phrase or the term, the dark night of the soul. It sounds ominous, right? But really, it's a way that the ancient spiritual fathers and, and mothers, what they would write about is, is this, what they call the dark night of the soul or a time in the desert. It's a time when God's communication with us seems weak or non-existent. You may have experienced that yourself. But then when you come as you're faithful through the dark night of the soul and every day it's a process and step by step, then you come out and, and the other side, you look and you say, oh, the roots of my faith are so much stronger now because it's through that dark night of the soul that God's doing something beneath the surface. We don't even see it. And I, I love that analogy because you, you will notice as you get through that dark time or that tough time or that whatever you call it and then you come out and you're like, man, I'm so much better in my relationship with God than I was before because you remained faithful. But see, culture trains us differently. Do the right thing, 
Put your money in the right slot on the vending machine. Push the right button and you're going to get the desired result. Listen, I'm, as much as everybody else, I love the convenience of all the fast things that we have. I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying that's what we've come to expect. But our relationship with God is not like a vending machine. Some of us put our money in and we're over there, we're kicking that vending machine. Where's the thing? Where's the thing? We're going through this time where he's building our faith. So is this an option or is it a necessity? I think some of us feel like this should be easy. Right? Once we realize that genuine spiritual growth is continuous and it's sometimes a difficult process, we might believe, begin to think that it's something, it's an option. We just, maybe I don't want this thing. Maybe I don't need that spiritual formation. Maybe I don't need that spiritual growth. For many Christians, the quest for a deeper life in Christ is viewed as a discipline for a dedicated disciple. It's a pious pursuit. I like those two words together. A pious pursuit that might not be necessary. Maybe I, I mean, that's for the pious Christian. That's for the, and I know you've heard this because I have. Oh, they're a better Christian than me. That's, that's for the good Christians. That's for the dedicated disciple of Jesus. That's for those who are pious, who are truly pursuing. But I, I'm here to tell you today, and that's the reason for this whole spiritual formation summer. Spiritual formation is not a take it or leave it proposition. The process of spiritual formation is a primal reality. You know that, you understand the word primal, it's like embedded deep within us. It's a primal reality of the human existence. Every person is on a path of spiritual formation. I'm just here to tell you, every thought, every decision, every action, every emotion, every response, every relationship are little by little shaping us into who we are. Little by little. Uh, something you would hear in AA is it's not about the end, it's about the journey. And I think that's the way we need to view our walk with Christ. It's not about the end. The end is glorious. And some of us are longing for the day that we get to see Jesus face to face, but that's not what it's about. It's about that journey that we're taking with him. We need to understand we're either being shaped into the image of Christ or a horrible caricature of that image. Either we're drawing closer to him or we're moving further away. Remember last week I gave a quote from C.S. Lewis. Every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part, that, the part of you that chooses into something a little different than what it was before. Every time you make a choice, every choice that you make is turning you into something different than what it was before. Every choice is either turning you into a heavenly creature or into a hellish creature. Either into a creature in harmony with God or somebody who's at a state of war with God. Every step, every decision, everything we do 
So as we do things in our life and as we make decisions and as we engage with people and as we build relationships with others and when somebody cuts us off in traffic and when the food is, doesn't come out right or the teller at the grocery store charges us the wrong amount or, you know, whatever, every interaction in our life, we are either drawing closer to God with what happens or further away from him. One of the, probably one of the um, things that I remember most about my dad growing up is, and understand that my dad was saved when I was a child. He, he didn't come from a Christian household. I'm grateful to him and the, and the people that were around him that walked him into faith, or I probably wouldn't, I maybe wouldn't be here, but one of the things he used to tell me that I uh, will never forget is every day, wake up and love God more than you did the day before. You've heard me say that about Sarisa. That's one of the things we try to do for each other within that relationship. He also used to tell me, if you play in a toilet, you're gonna smell like, you know, <laughs> talking about the friends that you had. <laughs> he was full of wise sayings, my dad. Every choice we make, we are either drawing closer to him or further away. He would also always tell me that you, he knew nothing about spiritual formation, but he knew about drawing closer to God. And he would tell me, you cannot maintain your relationship with God. There's no such thing as even. Either you're drawn closer to God or further away. Every day, step by step, we become agents of God's healing and liberating grace or we become carriers of the sickness of the world. Like it's crazy, right? The dichotomy, the, the difference between the two things is such a stark reality. Um, Bruno's gonna come and we're gonna just pray. I wanna read one other quote. Robert Mulholland, if you ever get a chance, he ha he's authored several books. He's just a great, got some fantastic things to say. He says this, the Christian journey, therefore, is an intentional and continual commitment to a lifelong process of growth toward wholeness in Christ. It is a process of growing up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, out of Ephesians, until we attain to mature personhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is for this purpose that God is present and active in every moment of our lives. So the question that I would leave us with today is this. How are you running the race? How are you running the race? Are you running as somebody who has no hope? Are you running as somebody who doesn't have anything in the end? Or are you running with purpose, training a little bit every day? Because, and I love that Paul uses that analogy. Our walk with Christ is very much like an athletic competition. You got to do a little bit every day. 
you got to do a little bit every day. Would you guys pray with me? God, I think the question for us today, really I'd like for us to ask this question all week as we look at this process of spiritual formation. As we look at this process of our relationship with you, how is it that we're running the race? Do we draw closer to you each day? Forgive us for the times that that we become carriers of the sickness of the world because it happens to all of us. We stumble, we make mistakes. Uh, Paul says there's none righteous. Like we realize that we're gonna make those mistakes. But Holy Spirit, help us every day with every decision and every action to draw closer to you. I pray today, I know that there's several in our church that have gotten sick over the last week. I just say a prayer for them, Father, for I know some with COVID and some with other things. As we walk into this process of spiritual formation and with all of the things happening in our world today, that it seems like every shooting that I hear about on TV, my heart breaks and every Uh, it seems like every decision that's coming from the political leaders and the Supreme Court it causes so much division and help us to find our place Holy Spirit we trust you to lead us in every interaction that we have with those who think differently from us Holy Spirit may we draw closer to you every day, closer tomorrow than we are today and even closer the next day. As we're walking through this, what we're talking about is spiritual formation, but we also know is being filled with the Spirit, being sanctified, a second work of grace. There's so many of those things. As we decide to give you all of us, we know that it happens all at once and over time. So this morning, Holy Spirit, be with us. Thank you for what you do in our lives. Now we trust you to lead us. Now all these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would say this week, be conscious of every decision. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself, but just think about how am I responding? How am I reacting? How how are my interactions? And uh, see if next week, you aren't a little bit closer to God than you are today. Wouldn't that be awesome? And uh, also today, don't forget, if you're going to help with uh, VBS, we're going to start doing some of the putting together at 2 o'clock. You don't have to worry. The air conditioner's working. I don't know if you noticed this morning. Everybody catch that? It's a little cooler. So some of you that were holding out, like, I'm not going to do it if the air conditioner's not working. Well, it is. So your excuses are gone. <laughs> but uh, also tomorrow, if you're a helper with VBS from 9 to 12. So anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here with us today and we'll see you back here next time.